Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. And away we go on a Friday. And as Sarah the Ruthless just told you, a very happy Friday to everybody. Welcome in to Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Vinny. Morning, Bick. How are you? I'm doing great, man. As soon as I get this thing. No, I'm good. I'm good. We're cool. We're good. All right. Uh, before we get started today, I saw something that uh, that is right up Jarrett's alley. Did you know that Arby's is selling Christmas wrapping paper that smells like meat? We have the paper. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) The wrapping paper features one of the restaurant's roast beef offerings. Smoke-scented wrapping paper that comes with Arby's-themed gift tags. I'm surprised you didn't think of that, Ferret. (laughs) Well, do you remember uh, some years ago, I think it was Burger King, had a hamburger cologne? A Whopper cologne. They, I don't remember that. So this is so right weird. along those lines. You guys are bringing so that. This? That explains your funky smell. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, because you know I'm doing I'm doing the endorsement for Spinato's Pizzeria. Uh huh. Yeah. Yesterday I just tweeted out they've got uh, pizza scented candles that they're selling for the holidays. <gasps> Do they really? Wait, that, great they? stocking stuffer. I actually always yeah, thought... yeah. You get the margarita, the Hawaiian, or the tiramisu. Oh, why? I love the margarita. Isn't this more of a thing? I always thought about that. Like what? Everybody loves certain smells of food. Bacon, cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. Why don't they make like perfumes and colognes that are savory? Mm. I don't know. I've smelled several women who smell like vanilla. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you smelled <laughs> yeah, right. several women that smell like roast beef. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah He's got a type for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that having that smell around often cheapens it? Because isn't part of, oh, I love the smell of pizza because you know you're about to consume pizza and you yeah. don't do that all the time? I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's the rarity. It could be. I, I was thinking about it yesterday, too, after, after sending out that tweet. It's like... It would be a pleasant smell. Who doesn't love the smell of pizza? But, yeah, if you're not eating it, no, you just yeah. want to be teased the by whole, the aroma. I mean, again, it's like it, when my wife makes latkes or when when, when you make, like, oh, onions yeah. and potatoes together. You love that smell. You don't want to wear it. You don't Although want to wear you, it on you. If you spend the day making latkes, you, you are going to wear that. Gonna, yeah. Your hair right. is going to smell like onions for yeah, two days. Yeah, and, and that's not a good smell. But, I, man, do I love food. <laughs> What? I was just thinking about the smell of pizza. I wish I wish I was smelling that Spinato's pizza right now. I Man, guess what I'm getting, I love food. That's what I'm getting you for the holidays. Yeah, sure. and wrap it in some Arby's paper. <laughs> Do, I Do it. They could have just cut out the middleman and it's got the wrappers from the sandwiches and fashioned it into paper, oh, uh, wrapping paper, wow. like the bigger sheets. Right. So you could just eat the wrapping paper. <laughs> oh, now you're getting now somewhere. Getting Wait somewhere. a minute, Chuck. Yeah, oh, how do we right. feed mayonnaise right to the tuna fish? Right. Right. Call Star K 
podcast. <laughs> All right, start the show, Ferret. Oh, I love food. A splash. splash. <laughs> the stories making waves in the sports world. A splash. splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Cardinals continuing their preparation for the Denver Broncos on Sunday, but further reporting by NFL's uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, sort of, on Thursday, painted an unclear picture about the return of Steve Keim to the general manager position. Of course, Keim uh, taking an indefinite health-related leave uh, on Wednesday. Uh, but the language used by Rappaport on NFL Network included the phrases future certainly in doubt and we'll see when and if he ends up coming back. Nothing concrete, um, but also enough to, to raise an eyebrow and peak interest a little bit on, well, on the future. Yeah, time. listen, well, I, I think there's a, there, are, there are pieces that are missing, obviously, from this story. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's really hard to kind of uh, to, to kind of riff on that. But but I do think that, you know, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy decisions that are coming up here with this football team and and do what do you do if you own this football team you do you allow adrian wilson and quentin harris to do the job of general manager when they've never done it before you mean long term if you, if you, or if you even decide to make changes term. yeah i mean when you're making these big decisions yeah. that influence how competitive you're going to be next year well, think about all these bowl games and stuff that are going on too that usually you know the gm is at maybe to scout and look at players well the scouting department's still doing their jobs but, right um a lot of people when, when that report came out for me and Rappaport, a lot of people started to think are you going to promote from within which seems to be the mo of the arizona cardinals in the front office a lot of times mm-hmm. steve kime was a, a, a from within promotion mm-hmm. do you need somebody with just a different outlook on the organization and i think a lot of cardinals fans if a change is made would be clamoring for that approach yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think everybody should be clamoring for that approach. Yep, we can get into that today. The uh, Thursday injury report for the Cardinals added a couple of names of players who did not participate in practice. Uh, wide receiver Marquise Brown, sick. Cornerback Antonio Hamilton did not practice with a back injury. Zach Allen, Byron Murphy also did not participate on the Denver side of things. Russell Wilson did return to practice for the Broncos on a limited basis. That game gets underway at 2.05 on Sunday. You can hear it on Ari- the Arizona Sports app and 98.7, starting with pregame coverage at 9.30. Uh, last night, Brock Purdy hooked up twice with tight end George Kittle on touchdown passes. San Francisco 49ers beat the Seattle Seahawks 21-13 in Seattle. They clinched the NFC West title. 49ers moved to 10-4. and Seattle plummets to 7-7, seven and seven, and the Seahawks have lost four of their last five games. And Kyle Shanahan said Brock Purdy is the most poised rookie he's ever coached. <laughs> the poise is shining through, oh, certainly. Unbelievable. It's in three games. Yes. Baltimore Ravens got some clarity on their quarterback situation for Saturday's game against the Browns. Lamar Jackson officially ruled out. Tyler Huntley did clear concussion protocol. He will be the starter. The Suns' losing streak is over. They beat up on the L.A. Clippers 111-95. Clippers played without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, and Avica Zubats. I hate that team. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I just hate that team. They I, just never compete. I hate that team right, so much. Right there with you. Uh, Suns needed to find a way to win, and they did. Uh, they jumped out to an 11-point lead after one quarter, built it to as many as 31 points along the way. Mikel Bridges recovered from, from his worst shooting night ever. He went 11 of 18 for a team-high 27 points. Devin Booker returned from a two-game absence with that hamstring, but struggled with just 14 points on 6 of 22 shooting. Chris Paul, 15 points, 13 assists. Suns pushed their record to 17-12. and 12. They return home to face Zion Williamson in the New Orleans Pelicans Saturday night at Footprint Center. Pelicans, of course, fun. beat the Suns twice last weekend in New Orleans. Saturday's game wraps up the season series between those two What teams. is the schedule? You play them three times in a week? Three times in a week and finish up all four games before Christmas. And Zion playing in Phoenix is a real rare thing. So, Oh, how about that? I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry out for a couple of weeks, at least with a labrum injury in his left shoulder, suffered in Wednesday night's loss at Indiana. He'll be reevaluated in a couple weeks. In baseball, Yankees spending more big money. They signed lefty Carlos Rodon to a six-year, $162 million contract. Rodon has been an all-star in each of the last two years, including 2022, his only season in San Francisco with the Giants, 14-8, 288 ERA, 237 strikeouts, and he finished sixth in the National League Cy Young voting. I saw a graphic yesterday, Bick, the Yankees have spent, you know, counting the Aaron Judge contract, like $600 million this offseason. Wow. <laughs> uh, D-backs agreed wow. to terms on a two-year contract with right-handed pitcher Scott McGuff on Thursday. He was a former U.S. Olympian in 2020, spent the last four seasons with the Yakult Swallows in Japan as part of their bullpen. Uh, ASU defensive lineman B.J. Green entered the transfer portal earlier this week, but he's removed his name. He will return to the Sun Devils for a third season. Green tied for the team lead with two and a half sacks this past season. Two and a half sacks was the team lead? <laughs> that's is there any that's reason? ridiculous. Is there any wonder they won three games? Oh, that's Goodness. bad. That's bad. The new NCAA president is Charlie Baker, the outgoing Republican governor from Massachusetts. He starts the job on March 1st and takes over for the outgoing Mark Emmert, who has led the quickly becoming obsolete NCAA since 2010. Yeah. Uh, and college it's, football it, bowl season is here, Bick. Oh, can't the wait. The Bahamas Bowl will kick off before we are off the air today at 9.30. Right? Wow. A battle of six and six foes. Miami of Ohio. UAB. Something's got to give. <laughs> this time, it's personal. Uh, and actually, a pretty good game later on today. Uh-huh. The Duluth Trading Cure Bowl in Orlando. Between, the, the what? Yeah, Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. I think Orlando's got 86 bowl games, by the way. Seriously. Uh, 25th ranked UTSA and 24th ranked Troy. And then there's six more bowl games tomorrow, including two Pac-12 teams, Oregon State and Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. And Washington State facing Fresno State in the time-honored tradition, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. That's what it's really called. <laughs> This this expanded playoff cannot get here fast enough. <laughs> Couple more Can years. We just my fast friend. forward to twenty twenty four, please. Yes, there you go. There's your splash for Friday, December sixteenth. Coming up next, Arizona Cardinals playing out the string. How do they avoid yeah. zombie football the rest of the way? We'll get into some quotes from players next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Friday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. 
exactly what you think they need. Um, you know, guys have to take accountability of understanding their job, whatever their job is, each and every play. And, um, you know, I've said this kind of before, but there's there's times on the field where, you know, nine guys are playing really good football and one or two guys are messing up something. And next thing you know, it's a big play. So um, honing to a man, every single person to take accountability of whatever it is. Um, like I said, we're professionals. And although the season isn't going the way we want the season to go, um, this is a professional league and we have four more opportunities to get, uh, you know, W's, four more opportunities to work and, um, you know, kind of uh, just get better each and every week. So for us, we got four more games. Um, try to squeeze out a W. You know, you guys, you guys see it. We haven't won in a while. So we're just trying to um, be as detailed as possible throughout the week. And, uh, you know, hopefully that transfers on Sunday. It's Cardinal safety, Booter Baker. Talking about, um, I think what was the lasting impression from episode five of Hard Knocks, basically, Bick, was mm-hmm. four games left. You lose the first one after the bye, which was supposed to be a new start. You lose your quarterback. And just the desperation in the messages from Cliff Kingsbury and some of the players in that episode of Hard Knocks and talking about locking in and a lot of talk about accountability. And I appreciate everything Buda Baker said uh, on that front. And He's not one of those players, I think, lacking in accountability or leadership or passion or effort to try to win football games. But what I can't get past at this point with four games remaining uh, in December um, and the outlook very bleak for this team is why is there so much outward talk about accountability now? Wasn't it evident early in the season? Yeah, is that's that a good just, point. Is that just lip service of a bad football I, I team so. just trying to yeah. put, put lipstick on this thing? Uh, yeah, and and also keep in mind they all know that these post game talks are being filmed and everyone's True. going to see them, and and so there's got to be some messaging like that. Uh, again, this is this is part of the reason why if if you were the head if you were the owner of this football team, and I think Gambo said this, and he's right about that. It, it's if you're not convinced Cliff Kingsbury is should be your head coach going forward, you should make Make the change as soon as possible. Um, yet, I'm not sure what the market or what the demand is going to be for this job, given the uncertainty at quarterback. But but the idea of ac- accountability, it, it, it resonates very, very deeply with me because it was an issue in the first year when they collapsed, and then they thought they addressed it by bringing in big-time leadership guys to the locker room, and that didn't stop it. The team collapsed again last year, and Buda Baker and others said, yeah, we kind of lost focus, and we uh, got full of ourselves and we lost attention to detail and then it's happening again this year and and the 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 offensive mistakes the motion penalties the pre-snap penalties they have been constant for three years running mm-hmm. and, and so so at, at some point in time you would have to look at this I would believe and say okay I have got to rework the hierarchy of this football team and, and get more accountability at the top and not rely on players to to police themselves. I, listen, it, it's it's funny because the people, guys like Wolf, um, they, they take such great offense to the notion that players need to be motivated or players need to have a, a strong voice. It, it, the, the people who get aggravated at it are the rare players who didn't need it. Yeah, I right? think Wolf as a player Buda, was a rarity. And Buda Baker, Buda Baker is, a player, is, a rarity. is a rarity. And J.J. Watt is a player is a rarity. But that's why on this team, those guys stand out like that's right. Four thumbs. That's right. Because they do play hard all the time. That's right. And it's and so it's and, and again, Wolf is Wolf has joked that he was one of the worst football coaches um, you would ever see, and it's probably because of that. It's probably because his mindset as a player was so dramatically different. Than
different than most people, uh-huh. right? And that's what le- that's what kept him in the NFL for ten years. And and Buda Baker's the same way. Buda Baker looks like the guy that even if you weren't paying him, he'd be wanting to play football. Yeah, I so, mean, so to me, so to me, the, the the accountability thing, the the constantly asking guys to do their jobs and be accountable to each other, it 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 only goes so far in the NFL. And I think that's the lesson here. And and that is why when you look at what's gone down this year, um, if you, if you put it chronologically, the amount of distractions, the amount of incidents, the amount of things that have happened, it's it's pretty much unlike anything I have ever seen in my life. I wrote about it today, Vinny. This might be the most dysfunctional season a football team has ever had in yeah. NFL history. Yeah, and <laughs> I read it, and you know, I, you're aware of all these things, but when you see them presented in, in somewhat of a list form, you're like, oh my goodness gracious, who, who came right. up with this script? Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, and I didn't even use the latest example. Did you see what happened to the Cardinals mascot on Sunday? Yeah, the injury doing the backflip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Monday night. Yeah, he comes oh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He comes out, does a backflip to start, and he's oh my, oh my beak, it's broken. He's day to day. I thought you were going to say he got called by Gamble on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Equally bad. Breaking, uh, breaking Cardinals news. No, it, it, no he was, but it, it, it's just it's stupid stuff like that. There's been serious stuff that's happened, and and some of it is just bad luck. But again, um, this this idea that we're still not accountable and we're still making the same stupid mistakes that's that's just not acceptable this many years into it in my opinion buddha baker was asked yesterday in his media availability and we've commented on this and this goes back to training camp training camp was just kind of a real relaxed atmosphere there wasn't a whole lot going on there was no preseason snaps given to anybody who was going to make a contribution or counted on to make a key contribution this season for the cardinals there's been a ton of walkthroughs with practice because of injuries Buddha was asked about, hey, did doing walkthroughs this year instead of full practices, has that hurt you guys? No, I definitely think that, uh, you know, in this game, it's, it's kind of it's 75% mental. You know, um, if guys don't know their job on the field, whether it's walkthrough or a real game, like, you're not going to be able to play football, especially in this profession NFL league. So it's a matter of understanding your job. And most importantly, like we always say, it's above the neck emphasis. And although, of course, we might not be banging, um, you know, hitting each other and, uh, you know, being very active. We still have our lifts we have to do. We still have runs we have to do. And, um, you know, these walkthroughs are definitely helping guys like, you know, Christian and um, guys that are, you know, kind of going to be, you know, into the game more able to, uh, you know, help on the mental aspect as well because, you know, that mental aspect, it matters more than anybody will ever know. Some people just think we go out there and play on the field, but it's way more to that. There's way more things we we have to understand and know situational football, you know, like first quarter, second corner, in a half, you know, in the game, four minute, two minute, red zone, high red zone, low red zone, um, you know, all different type of things that, you know, uh, people from the naked eye don't really see, but things that we have to work throughout the, the week, and that's what these uh, walkthroughs are doing for us, and um, you know, we're just trying to recover, and you know, there's some injuries and little nags here and there, so guys are trying to recover, and you know, we're going to have have our full speed practice tomorrow and everything's going to be, you know, full speed and, of course, still above the neck emphasis and, um, you know, that walkthrough Saturday game on Sunday. I find that answer by Buda Baker fascinating because I would be shocked, Bick, if the mm-hmm. Cardinals, um, whoever is is the head coach, if it's Cliff Kingsbury back especially, I would be shocked if they handle the preseason, the OTAs, the mini camps, the training camp the same way they did this year. I would be shocked. But... 
Uh, focusing on the mental part of it, again, we're in week 15 of the NFL season. And yes, Buda Baker makes a very valid point. It is a mental game. But if the issues, uh, you know, when you're going through walkthroughs to, to focus on the mental, the know-how of how to do your job, that evidently is not getting through. Are the Cardinals drafting a bunch of players that can't learn their jobs, or is the teaching bad? I mean, wow. if great, at the, at, at the end question. of a at, at the end of a school uh, you know uh, year, a teacher probably uh, probably doesn't feel very good about themselves if half their class failed. You know, who's that on? That's it's a ulti- good point. It's ultimately yeah. no, on that the is fascinating. That is fascinating. And it's well I think there's there's a disconnect as well because it's if if the if the program is built on repetition and and practicing at a at a premium elite level. Number one, how are you judging that? I've seen more than many football coaches have gotten burned by misevaluating how their team looks in practice practicing against teammates uh-huh. and and so there's that then there's the idea that uh, are, are you drafting the wrong kind of guys it's you know i've i've heard for the last three years steve keim continue to say look we draft guys who who love to play football they don't miss on the character if you're gonna when you miss on the player you it's generally because you miss on the character of the guy uh, yet yet they still haven't been able to kind of create the kind of football team they want or we all want. Yeah. Saying, you know, in in the scouting process, these guys are all trying to get into the league. Nobody's going to say they don't love the game of football. It becomes evident. I think people would be shocked at the percentage of players in the NFL right now who are playing it because it's a paycheck and it, they're good at it. Yes. They and that's the they sport the most. They don't love it. It's like that? Yes, I do think yes, it's the most. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, because it's it's hard. It hurts. Um, there's there's a lot of there's just a lot of stuff that involved with being a pro football player that pro football players don't like doing. They love playing the game, yeah. But but the rest of it, mm, eh, you know, there was an example. I don't know if you saw the tweet from Tyrell Terry in the NBA. He was a former first round pick, um, th- second year of his career. He had this long post about how I'm walking away. I don't love this anymore. It's, it's killing me as a human being. I can't do this anymore. Right. Yeah. And even Andrew Luck came out recently yeah. and said, "Look, I just I I, I was kind of roped into this." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like you go to a basketball practice, say you go to a son's practice and say they go for, well, however long they go. It's not uncommon to see 40, 50, 60 percent of the team practicing additionally after practice is over. Putting up if, shots for 25, 30 minutes. to stay after yeah. games, you know this from oh, writing yeah. after right. games, right. seeing guys out there yeah. working. Yeah, I, I don't think you see that a lot in football. I think, no. you know, there's been occasions, but it's it's a it's a, a super hard game, a super punishing game. And, and there's a small all subset of people that just adore everything about it. Mm-hmm. Buda Baker, Ron Wolfley, you could go up and down line. We all know those players who play with their hair on fire because they just love everything yeah. about the sport. It's more rare yeah. than you think, though. Yeah, it is. Have you, have you subscribed to the Bickley Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, Suns needed a win, and they got one to snap their streak in Los Angeles. We'll get into their win over the Clippers next. Typically, Murata Mornings, live from the Akshin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Coach 
Booker gives to Shaman. Gets open for three. Missed it straight away. Rebound jammed home by Josh Akogi. Another offensive rebound and another putback by J.O. who is all over the floor. He's got 11 points on the night. John Bloom on the call. Josh Akogi did finish with 11. The Suns finished with 111. And that was more than their opponent scored, Bick, which means they won a basketball Very nice. game. The five-game yeah. losing streak is now a thing of the past as they beat the uh, Clippers, or at least some guys in Clippers uniforms, 111 to 95. Um, you can't bury the lead. The lead is the win, but the second part of that lead is the Clippers that were not on the floor, which is a regular occurrence with that franchise. You that brought team. it up earlier. Yep. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, the idea of back-to-backs... I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's allergic to back-to-backs, and I know he's coming back from a serious injury, but but he always is. He always right. is. You're I, come right. Come on. I mean, it's it just it, this for two years, two years plus. This Clippers Suns thing. Every time it, they play, aside from that playoff matchup, and Kawhi wasn't even involved in that. Yeah. It's just never what you expect it to be because yeah. of participation. And I look, I just I cannot stand Kawhi Leonard is a freakishly gifted basketball player and he rarely plays and he's played 10 games this year and I yeah and I and I don't know whether or not this is just a uh if this is just uh written in stone from Kawhi Leonard and his people that knew never ever ever you would think that that a game like last night would be something that would compel a basketball team to put their best foot forward even though they just played the Timberwolves the night before I mean it just they're disgusting I cannot stand the Clippers Meanwhile, Devin Booker came back from a two-game absence. Uh, he played. He did not play particularly well offensively, but he did contribute to the win. Monty Williams, the head coach, happy to get that win. It's a relief, to be honest with you, just to get a win. And, you know, as I said in the pregame, the way uh, we played, especially in the first half. Second half, there was a bit of a, a letdown, for sure. And um, we have to build stamina right now with guys coming in and out some guys are, you know, losing rhythm because they've been out or their conditioning is whatever. I think we got to get to a place where we build the kind of stamina that it takes to play the way we did in the first half. But- yeah, uh, that first half was pretty spectacular defensively. One of the things that I've pointed out has been a real deficiency for this basketball team during this streak is defensive intensity and effort. Players themselves were talking about it. Last night, the effort was there. When that effort is rewarded by getting stops, miss, you know, missed shots by your opponent, mm-hmm. they held the Clippers to 37 points in two quarters of basketball. That's, that's a, yeah. pr- I don't, and I don't care who the lineup is to okay. do that at, at an NBA level. That was something hopefully that they can build on. Now they did out, get outscored, uh, in both the third and fourth quarters, but they'd build a nice enough cushion. I think that's something at least to build on on the defensive end moving forward. Well, yeah, and, and I think, um, to, to me, Really, the kind of the one of the talking points out of last night's game was Josh Okogie, and he had that tip sl- that tip slam that was yeah. sensational. Um, and he's he's giving he's giving this basketball team a lot of lift on the offensive side with with offensive rebounding. And it's something that, you know, as I was reading about this, it's something that that Monty Williams doesn't necessarily stress. He wants guys back and playing defense, uh-huh. but but this is this is something that he is he's created some 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 easy offense with his offensive rebound. He played really well on both ends of the floor last night. It's kind of a revelation watching him oh. kind of take this opportunity and do something with. Yeah, it. he's really carving himself out a role, and he's always been that way on the defensive end. You know, extremely athletic, mm-hmm. good shutdown perimeter defender. 
But when he's rebounding the way that he is, and he had 11 rebounds last night, five of them offensive, yeah, at creating opportunities, that is a plus. And like I said earlier in the week, he right now is by far the most athletic member of the Phoenix right. Suns. And we were talking yesterday about how that's a deficiency with this basketball team. He's kind of uh, he's kind of an antidote to that. So that was uh, I, I like what I saw out of him. Uh, I like the fact early on that Devin Booker did that sort of reverse dunk, and you realize okay, he, he, yes. he's feeling good. And yeah. That hamstring's okay. And I thought Chris Paul was pretty good. So Chris and, Paul and, was pretty good. Yeah, and um, McHale had himself a good scoring night, and that's good to see. Well, coming back from from a night. I mean, that's a nightmarish shooting night when you go four for 24. That's the worst night of his career. Last night, 11 for 18. They started falling early. Uh, Monty Williams commented on uh, Mikel's bounce-back game. You know, he's a prideful player. You know, he was needed a forklift to get his lip off the ground after the other night. He was so down about, you know, his performance. But more than that, he was down about how it, you know, affected the team. And so he came into the gym yesterday, went about his business as he normally does. Um, he had a great deal of focus and attention on defense. But offensively, you know, when he's shooting the ball like that, we're a pretty good team. Yeah, and that was without, uh, again, DeAndre Ayton, I think was close to playing, uh, ended up sitting out. So they start Bismack Biombo. I thought uh, Jock Landale came and gave a, a real big lift off the bench, 15 and 10 and 26 minutes mm-hmm. off the bench. So it was a good win. And like like I said, going into it, that was that was what they needed. They needed to feel the, the taste of a victory again yeah. because they were not playing confidently as a basketball team. Now, how does that uh, affect things moving forward to a much tougher opponent in New Orleans who's, you know, they've come back down to earth. Last weekend when the Suns were in New Orleans, the Pelicans were riding that, that to winning streak. The Pelicans have lost a couple times this week, including uh, uh, their last game out to the Jazz. But, you know, it's still a very formidable foe. There's heat between these two teams because still lingering feelings about uh, the Zion dunk on Friday yeah. night, which um, was addressed, by the way. By Mikel Bridges on a podcast. Did we? Uh, yeah, we do have that sound. Uh, the JJ Reddick Old Man in the Three podcast regularly features Mikel Bridges, and he was asked about uh, that particular play by Zion. Did it actually bother you guys that he went and dunked the ball at the end of the game? No, no. I think for me personally, hell no. I, I was the one that dunked that, dunked that thing last year. I was, I was, and I was teed up. I was like, yeah, I'm dunking it. And I'm yelling, I'm screaming, they're like, yeah. I mean, it's whatever. Like we lost, bro. Like, what is it? What is? That's, I, I don't get that. I don't get. I don't even get it to this day about that whole sportsmanship. Like, like, bro. Like, play to the end. Like, I get it sometimes, but like, yeah. If you fired up in the team, you got a little rival with and all that stuff. Like, yeah, you're gonna play to the end. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go as crazy as you want. You want to dunk. You're at home. You want the crowd to go crazy. So, hundred percent. That is Zion, bro. The boy did a three sixty windmill, like. My duck was just a two-hand behind it back. <laughs> if I could 360 with my I would have done that. And a lot of people hear Mikel Bridges say that yeah. say, yeah, that's a refreshing take. I guess what I'm frustrated by is why is it sometimes okay and sometimes not okay? Uh, I don't know. I mean, but why, uh, teams themselves, if they're up by 20 and it's under 24 seconds, they'll just dribble out the clock. Why Why, why would, was that ever put into place as an unwritten rule? I, I don't know the answer to that. Why Why would Chris Paul take offense to it when Chris Paul has violated that himself? 
which we found out afterwards with a lot of videos that circulated on social media. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, I, and I think that's I, I admire Mikhail Bridges for not being hypocritical there because he did the exact same thing at the end of a playoff game against New Orleans last year. Yeah, I mean, Suns the situations were, well were similar, but not not exact. Uh, no. But but it, I, but it's but the same thing. Here's here's what the right answer is. This is why this happens. Because you said Chris Paul has violated that in the past, he, uh, you know, he he got you know ruffled up by that last week when that mm-hmm. happened. Obviously, it bothered him. It bothered Cameron Payne. It's all just about in the moment emotion. That's what I think. It's it just is. not. That's it's not. I hey, it they violated yeah. my philosophy there. It's no, nothing it's like just, that. It's no, just right. One more visceral reminder of how you got your butt kicked. That's exactly right. I. I comp- that's exactly what it is, Vinny. Because when you step away from it again in real time, I. I recognize that that there is a code that basketball players tend to tend to do. It's it. It's tends to be commonplace. You dribble out the clock mm-hmm. is what you do. But if but the degree of difficulty, you're doing it at home in front of the home fans. I. I had zero issue with Zion Williamson doing what he did, and I'm I'm glad to hear Mikhail Bridges say that because you don't want to you you don't want to just say that when you've been guilty of it yourself. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, is it too late for Brock Purdy to be an MVP candidate? <laughs> we'll get into that and more next. It's uh, Bickley and Murata mornings on this Friday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. goes in orbit motion behind Purdy and McCaffrey. They fake it to him left. They fake McCaffrey right. They throw to Kittle over the middle. Five. Touchdown. San Francisco. That is uh, Greg Popbuck, KNBR, 680, San Francisco uh, 49ers radio network that opened the scoring. Brock Purdy to George Kittle. 49ers get the win 21-13 over the Seahawks on uh, Thursday night football. We'll get into that in just a second. I wanted to mention something cool that's going on, though, uh, mm-hmm. out in Tempe this weekend, Vic. Oh, yeah. And I know you saw this. Uh, I did. For, for fans of the World Cup, Copa Mundial, uh, ASU is hosting a free World Cup finals watch party. On uh, Sunday, December 18th, 8 a.m. is when that game gets underway. That match gets underway. The match. And it's happening at Sun Devil Stadium on the big screen there in the uh, north end zone. The event is free, but you do need to register uh, ahead of time to claim your spot. So you can visit ASU365communityunion.com to register. Again, ASU365communityunion.com to register. Yeah, and I kind of tweeted that that out yesterday because one of the um, one of the great moments I had with my son was just exactly that at a viewing party in Iceland, and it was between France and Croatia in a, cha- in a championship match. So I, yeah. So if if you're into soccer and you're into the World Cup, watching it in a big communal stadium is a heck of a lot of fun. I highly recommend that experience. Now somebody responded to me: Are they selling beer? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's I eight o'clock. Know. Morning, I don't know, but uh, this uh, listen, it, this this World Cup final has got Lionel Messi and this Mbappe guy from France who is unbelievable. Yeah, so two of the biggest stars should in the be world. a good match. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's going on Sunday. Just wanted to let you know about that. Now going back to that uh, that particular play, that highlight, that first touchdown pass from Purdy to Kittle. Was yeah. one of the more beautifully designed plays in the NFL oh, this season. Yeah, and people are saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is not capable of doing a double fake play. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this Brock Purdy story has blown my mind. 
okay? Because the kid's got a lot of poise, and he played. He got off to a great start last night. He he's playing within himself, and yet he's he's got. He, you can tell he's got some stuff. It, mm-hmm. So it just it never ceases to amaze me what type of quarterbacks end up making it in the NFL, and and which ones struggle, and how hard it is determining. What's what coming out of college? Look, uh, the local ties, you know, absolutely bleeds into this. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was the last player drafted. No, he's an underdog story. (laughs) Wasn't recruited until late in the whole process before he even ended up at Iowa State. There's a lot of reasons to root for Brock Purdy. And I'm rooting for this to continue, even though I don't like the San Francisco 49ers, Mm -hmm. because it's a great story. But even if it's temporary, if it's just a flash in the pan, what's going on right now is absolutely special. He's playing, he's not just managing the game, he's playing the quarterback position at a very high level right now. Yeah, he, yes, and, and the fact that he's Mr. Irrelevant is, is remarkable, and I've I, I felt this way for the longest time. I, I used to really loathe going to, as much as I loved the city of San Francisco back in the day, I'd loathe going to 49er games because their their fan base was just savage, and, and I say that because I've experienced what it was like on game day at Candlestick Park numerous times, yep. so I'm predisposed to not like the 49ers, but I really like this football team, and as I said to Mark Schlereth, this is the football team I want. Yeah, That's the kind of football team I wish we had in Arizona. Bickley's entering the transfer portal. <laughs> no, no, but you know what I mean? It's just They're just so physical and so creative offensively. Yeah. To see how, how cohesive they were last night. Yes. I mean, they're on a third-string quarterback, and they're just like a machine. Uh, they're and just— Debo Samuel's out. Yeah, Brock Purdy matter. was very questionable all day long yeah. leading up to the game. He's like, yeah, I wasn't going to miss it. I don't think so. I knew that I was going to come out, um, start the game off, and um, just try to get into a rhythm and see how you know my oblique and all that kind of stuff felt, um, and then make a decision, honestly. But my mindset was, man, I'm, I'm coming into this place to, to play and to start, and so that was that. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan, as you mentioned earlier in the show, referred to Brock Purdy is the most poised rookie he's ever coached, which is a really good thing at the quarterback position. Here's more from uh, Kyle Shanahan. To be able to clinch the division and just have a couple days, we can relax a little bit, but um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, this isn't um, our final goal by any means. I'm very proud of our team and what we accomplished throughout the year to get to this. Um, Our goal is to get in the tournament, and we accomplished that today, but um, now it's all trying to set that up to be the best situation we can and uh, hopefully get some of our guys back, too, in the process. Yeah, the 49ers become the first team to clinch the divi- their division. Only the second team to clinch a playoff spot. Buffalo did it in the AFC, but yeah. um, here we are with all of this uh, adversity they faced from an injury standpoint. This is an example of a team that just keeps moving along. And they're so physical and, and they've got those kind of football players that we talked about earlier. The guys that play with their hair on fire all the time and it's it's they've got something special and, and I just, I respect the heck out of that. Yes. Um, also, the, uh, one of the things from last night's game that was mind-blowing. Nick Bosa's sack of, well, should have been a sack of Geno Smith. Uh, the roughing the passer call last night just was mind-blowingly bad, and it's it continues to be a thing in the NFL. Bosa came out afterwards and said it was the right call, actually. Uh, but, but I, I don't know if he was clowning or what. He had to have been clowning. <laughs> but there's also the difference between it's the right call based on the absolute letter of the law yeah. and the right call based on what should be in football. Yeah, because that nullified a pick six that would have put the game completely out of reach. Uh-huh. And, uh, that would have been, what, 28-3 at that point? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, it nullifies it. Uh, Nick Bosa is the defensive player of the year, by the way. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Actually stayed healthy this year, and yeah. that's such a big difference. Yeah. Fifth, what is he up to, 15 and a half sacks? 16 and a half? It just shows you like, the talent on that team and also just the, the quote-unquote, the culture of that team. That they're they're winning. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter that Debo Samuels missed like most of the year off and on. Mm-hmm. They're able to overcome injuries. They're able to plug and play because they have the culture, they have the coaching, and they have enough talent in reserve yes. that they could get past it. You're absolutely right. Fifteen and a half. Fifteen and a half. Okay. We've uh, we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic. I never thought we'd talk about Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa in the same way. <laughs> Kyler Murray, Brock Purdy in the I same. Just, way. <laughs> just yeah. had the same thought. Right. I right right as you were saying that, I was thinking the exact same I, thing. I never thought that that was going to be a thing because we always because we've been we've always well, thought Kyler Murray was on this track that he was going yes. to be and there, elite. Go and there to, was only a moment. Yeah. That there wasn't, it wasn't going to be Kyle Murray. There was a moment where like Nick Bosa's name came up when the season ended, and the card you knew the Cardinals had the number one overall pick. Bosa was being talked about when springtime hit, mm-hmm. and that whole right. whirlwind it, it, from it. Kyler Murray's weird, awkward interview with Dan Patrick at the Super Bowl, where he couldn't even answer, answer a, question a question on whether or not he was going to work out or or do a pro day. Um, it was a whirlwind, but that's right. That's when the Nick Bosa stuff ended. Yeah, yeah. Ever, so I hope right that, when Dan Bickley suggested the Cardinals so draft fault. Kyler Murray and I laughed fault. at him. It was yeah. like, it is all my fault, man. <laughs> and let's be honest, Bo- Bose has been injured for most of his career so far. He hasn't yes. really played that much. This is one of the first times where he's yes. really so. But, you can't be that regretful. No, I'm not saying now. I'm saying in the future. I hope yeah, that we don't. Right, yeah. We don't go. Oh man. You know, when Nick Bosa goes down as the best defensive end to ever play the sport. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next, we will talk about those Arizona Cardinals who are without their number one overall pick at quarterback, Kyler Murray. What does the rest of the season look like through the eyes of the players and the coaches? That and more straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings on this Friday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.